0: I decided I needed help when my weight had got to quite a critical level and um, I was weighing at that time about um, nearly 25 stone and um, I was quite disabled and um, I'd caught Covid and I was living on my own and I had a dog and a cat. The dog wasn't. Being exercised properly and I'm an animal lover and she was eight years old and I was really, really, really struggling to even get up and let her out in the garden, you know, the garden um, full of feces and rubbish and I was just really, really, really struggling with my mobility. Um, I was very depressed. I was in a lot of pain. I had fibromyalgia and my the only thing that I got any kind of relief in was eating. I used to restrict for most of the day. I'd restrict for up to 12 hours and then I would eat at night and um, I would literally pass out eating um, just like I guess somebody would on any other drug. Sugar was my main aim um, and I was also compulsively using the food. Uh, I think looking back, um, loneliness at night time also played a factor and um, food were a great comfort. I tried um, in the past um, well-known slimming club, I'd lost, um, quite a relatively large amount of weight in a small amount of time, I'd found that, um, if I could control things, like, um, be on a diet and, 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 and try, and try be in control of everything, then I could have, like, a little bit of success, but when I lost the weight, it didn't make any difference to my mental health, to my depression, how I felt about myself. The fact that um, I wasn't really leaving the house that often, it didn't make any difference. In fact, I would go to say it made things a little bit harder because it drew attention to me and I didn't quite know how to respond I found out about 12-step program um, quite a long time ago, um, about probably nearly 20 years ago, over 20 years ago. Um, my mum, who had a problem with drink um, for the best part of my life, had decided to do a 12-step program successfully and um, managed to get sober. Um, it still took me a long time to join the dots that that food was you know the same the same part of my brain the compulsivity the addiction the need for more and more was the exact same as what she'd been going through for most her life my first meeting so um I'm what you call a Zoom baby and my meetings were on Zoom. Um, I had a friend that lent me a book and um, I didn't really want to read the book and I didn't want to give him the book back and say that I'd read it. So I decided to go on a meet and um, in a programme and see what it was all about. So um, I went online, I found a meeting in, I'm in UK and I found a meeting in Texas because, you know, I really believed that, you know, my ego was so big at the time that, you know, I couldn't possibly let anybody know that that's what I was doing. the thought of, you know, being in a face-to-face meeting just like, you know, um, was for me really scary. So, I decided that I'd go on the Zoom meeting and I wouldn't put my camera on and I'd just listen. And and then I'd, you know, give my friend his butt back and say, Thank you. It's not really for me. And um, I think within about 10 minutes, I turned my camera on. I wondered why everybody was saying the things that I were feeling. It felt like, you know, people could almost read my mind. And, you know, the tears flowed and it dawned on me that. I'd spent most of my life you know, not wanting to form any kind of dependency like my mum had and um, you know, I had to admit that I had a food addiction and that all the symptoms and, and all these things that people were saying and feeling is um, what I was feeling as well so it felt I felt really emotional but overall when somebody said you're welcome here that 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 acceptance is is what kept me you know, is what kept me going, is what kept me reaching out, is what kept me sharing my my deep deepest, darkest emotions and fears and you know, the joys of recovery when I could go back and and say, so, you know, for for six hours, for half a day, for one meal, I didn't have any sugar, I didn't have any fat. Okay. So the dependency, the dependency and how it was ruling my life. It became everything. When are we going to eat? What we're going to eat? How much are we going to eat? When are we going to eat the sugar? Um, from the minute I opened my eyes to the minute I went to bed, it was about food and and, and sugar and feeling higher than I was really feeling, feeling higher and feeding that hole inside of me that were getting bigger and bigger, that were filled with all kinds of emotions and feelings and trauma that I'd stopped dealing with. Um, when my mum had died um, about 20 years ago, I started um, with um, a food addiction. Food was the only thing that I kind of had left um, that give me um, comfort. On and off throughout my life, I'd, I'd suffered with obesity, um, but I tended to have enough kind of, enough kind of um, awareness about myself to see what I was doing, but I never thought that I had an addiction. Um, I thought that I had a dependency and that I would overeat and I would eat the wrong things, and I would eat at the wrong time, but when it came to an actual psychological dependency to sugar and processed foods, that was something that that nobody, you know, I'd been to lots of doctors, I'd been offered bariatric surgery, nobody ever said, you know, not once, not one health professional ever said, you know, I think this is an addiction, a dependency. So I was shocked, you know, I was I was, I was quite shocked. And um, it was difficult to then come off something that, uh, that I felt were helping because I was in shock, I was in grief, I was really upset that I'd lost, you know, best part of 20 years trying to diet and negative self-talk and asked myself why I didn't have any self will and you know hide behind things. So yeah, it it was it was difficult to go into that much grief without without you know without sugar. So how did I feel about giving up control in step one and admitted I needed to find a power greater than myself. Okay so before it all kind of started for me during Ramadan last year and getting COVID and just you know, doing doing the prayer of you know um I'm looking at I've got a serious illness, I'm very poor, I'm very alone. You know, that's the time when, you know, I put a hundred and ten percent belief into something somewhere must save me. So I can remember, you know, I kept prayer. I had a belief. And I can remember just that honesty of of, of being on my knees one day and saying, you know, if I live, please don't let me suffer. And if I die, I don't want to suffer. And the next day, I just had this feeling that I had to scale down my life find good loving homes for my pets. Just put myself on the map. That was the first kind of feeling that I got and I just went with it. And I just, you know, I say just, it wasn't easy. And then I kept saying the prayers, you know, I just, I'll need help, I'll do anything. And then I found a programme that worked for me. I realised that I'd been praying to not suffer and to be able to then say this is unmanageable, knowing that I didn't know what to do and that if somebody somewhere, some strange force, higher power, God, if anybody anywhere that I could believe had some kind of guidance, protection or love for me, then I really needed it because I'd run out of like all my inner resources. I knew that I could not battle this thing that I felt this urge to eat, the urge to overeat, the urge to eat in secret, the urge to eat food really fast not I couldn't cook at that point. You know, I was eating takeaways, I was eating microwave meals for years. I was eating processed food. I was getting poorlier and poorlier. Sometimes as the days went on. So I started to pray, I started to ask for help. I started to continue through step one. Um, Of, you know, admitting to myself and to my higher power that my life had become unmanageable. This urge to eat and keep eating was becoming unmanageable. There was nothing in my power that I could do anymore and I tried everything. At first when I started to pray for abstinence and I started to really meditate on like the strength and the courage that I needed to face every meal three times a day, four hours apart without fat and sugar. And I used to just have to pray for the fear and the anxiety I used to feel at the time to subside enough for me to be able to go to the supermarket, choose food that were food with no long list of ingredients, make the choices for three days ahead. It, it was, it was just, I make it sound really simple, but it was so, so difficult. For the first couple of days, I was really lucky that I could order um, all my food in for the day from a health food shop so I'd order a smoothie and a salad and maybe potato and then put some other food with it like um, a bit of tuna fish or I bought a soup maker I'd make some soup and I would for about a week just eat the same thing until I started to feel like um, some sanity or serenity whatever you want to call it was was beginning to like take hold in my mind. I can remember one occasion when I got really frightened. I kinda got lost in 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 a, in a bit of a undesirable area and I got really frightened and somehow I found a shop, you know. I just found the shop and I was all ready for buying chocolate and I just felt or heard or, you know, I heard a voice say, you Just get a drink of water. You just want to put something in your mouth. Because for 20 years, I'd I'd had had this disease, this affliction, this addiction. And my muscle memory said, right, you are scared. This is what you do. So as I'm looking at the chocolate, I'm actually saying to the shopkeeper, have you got a bottle of water? I stood outside, I drank the water. I got some, you know, I managed to well my fears I got myself home this is about 10 days into detoxing and I got home and I knew that there were no going back then I knew that the minute I hit a bump and that my fears had been released because I'd started to understand that like biggest part of my addiction or what I've heard in the rooms and what I picked up is fear is is fear is a really big trigger for me. Fear triggers anxiety. Triggers the only thing that that I had at that point was, to eat myself into submission. So I got home, and I thanked I thanked my higher power. I've not done that in a long time, but not actually said, thank you, thank you for that guidance, and then. It started that every day when I got up and every prayer, I rolled the dice at God because I didn't know what to ask for. I just knew that I needed, you know, I needed a life. I needed some protection. I needed some guidance. So I'd roll the dice and I'd say, wherever it lands today, I will follow your guidance. And I just remained open to all possibilities and... The the, the, the the golden nuggets that came every single day and all I had to do was eat three times a day every four hours and not include any sugar or any fat. The weight has just just kind of melted away, you know, and I used to hear a lot that, the numbers didn't matter the way it didn't matter. And I used to think, but how can that be? But the numbers really don't matter. You know, what matters is, what forms in my head is, then I put that out into the universe and then I follow. I've never written anything down. I've not got an eating plan. I've got abstinence food that I know I can't put down, that I know that I will be you know, maybe just put it all back on again. The minute I eat it I would lose the serenity, I would lose, you know, the way I function now is very differently to how I functioned before and um I don't I don't want to you know, I don't want to feel like that and if I do lose my abstinence I know that you know, being able to hand it over and say it's it's all got out of control you know, please help, then, you know, I will do, I will reach out to people, I'll reach out to a power greater than myself, and I'll reach within to have the openness and the willingness and the honesty to admit, you know, that I've lost my abstinence and therefore I do need some extra help. How has my life changed? Um... It's just incredible. Today, my life's absolutely incredible. Um, it's changed in every area. My relationship with myself, with my finances, with my job. I've got hopes. Um, I really value myself. Um, in the seven months that I've, um, you know, since I did step one and admitted that you know things have become unmanageable i've managed to lose six stone and i food now is not it's not a driver it's not the first thing i think about and the last thing i think about um uh there's no grief around not eating sugar when other people do what other people do with their food that's nothing to do with me um, I'm not obsessive I don't think about, I'm not calorie counting I don't write things down um, I think about recovery every day and what I can do today to make my recovery stronger today it's sharing my story tomorrow it might be something different but yeah, it's um it's incredible. It really is. Um that's how my life's changed. What three biggest changes taking step one has done for me? The biggest changes I guess are self-esteem, forgiving myself and forgiving others. And knowing that i'm not alone knowing that i wasn't alone at step one is i guess the biggest change last question without taking step one where did i think i would be in my life now to be honest seven months on without taking step one without admitting that things have become unmanageable I don't know whether I'd still be alive. I couldn't maintain the way that I was at. It was affecting every area of my life. I really struggled to work. I struggled to move around. I couldn't live by myself. Um, I was on all kinds of pain medication. I was hiding myself away. Um, it, you know, when I've heard the term, it's a spiritual disease, I felt like I was a ghost in my own life, like I was alive, but not seen, um, and definitely didn't have any kind of, um, love or appreciation for myself, so I would be either not here, dead, or a living death, um, so yeah that's where I'd be now thanks for listening to my recording and I hope it helps and whatever I've said here I hope resonates with you and that you too come to believe in a power greater than yourself and find a program or a community or some kind of self-belief to be able to take your step one, just like I did. Thank you.